Canada's cybersecurity agency has named China, Russia, Iran, and North Korea as the greatest strategic threats to Canadian infrastructure. That's property, elections, uh, energy systems, that sort of thing. Let's bring in Phil Gursky, President and CEO, Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting, and is with us now. Phil, thank you for the time. I hope you're doing well. Hey, a long time no talk to Scott. How you been? I'm doing great, uh, considering we're in the middle of a uh, global pandemic. Let's talk about these threats. What kind of threats are we talking about, Phil? Well, interestingly, so this, this notice or this report comes from CSE, or Communication Security Establishment. And, and full disclosure, I used to work there from uh, 1983 to 2001. Very different organization back then to what it is now. They've uh, certainly shifted their focus, and they are, in fact, Canada's you know cyber command, if you will. It's an interesting article that's come out. It, it, it both says a lot and, and doesn't say a lot. Um, so first and foremost, the countries you named, like surprise, 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 China, Russia, Iran, and North Korea. We've we heard that quartet before, right? Yeah. Uh, they're always top of the news. They do talk an awful lot about their ability to target, you know, medical and, and, and pharmaceutical companies, uh, you know, during the pandemic to try to steal information. They also talk about disinformation campaigns that they have tried to engage in. And we know all about this from the U.S. election with the Russians, et cetera, et cetera, the Chinese, Iranians, et cetera. You know, in many ways, Scott, it's kind of more of the same of things we've been hearing for quite some time, which leads me to wonder why this report came out now. But I will tip my hat to CSE because the CSE that I used to work for never said anything. So at least they're, 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 they're pointing up to the public. And that's a good thing, given they're a very talented bunch of people. Why do you think that is happening now? We have certainly seen the Prime Minister speak out a lot more aggressively than he has in the past, just in the last couple of weeks. Any relation to that? Maybe, but from what I, and I do talk to some of my former friends at CSE, what I, my understanding, Scott, is that the organization wants to be a little more forthcoming with Canadians, and I think it's for a couple of reasons. Uh, first and foremost, as I said, they, they are recognized as the authority in Canada when it comes to the threats of this nature. And given that everybody and his dog is putting out threat assessments and commenting, you know, how, many, how many times do you hear a national security expert weighing in on something? I think that they want to set the record straight. And given that they're the ones monitoring the traffic, they're the ones that are thwarting the attacks, which, by the way, from statistics that I've seen, are on the order of like tens of millions of attacks a day on Canadian infrastructure, uh, you know, online infrastructure. I think they just want, they want to show Canadians uh, exactly what's, what's out there. I hope that, that people don't um, interpret this as, you know, putting the fear of God into people. I just mm-hmm. see it as a, a talented bunch of professionals doing what Canadians want them to do, protect our cybersecurity, and let us know, you know, what they're worried about on a daily basis. Um, you, you, you mentioned they want to get the message straight. Does that mean there's different messaging? Uh, is government doing enough to be aggressively following this? Mm, I, probably not. Um, certainly my understanding is that when it comes to cyber, I, I, and I'll tell you, Scott, I, I'm not a cyber specialist. I, but, you know, I'm a terrorism guy, not a cyber guy. I, I think that we are getting mixed messages from government officials who, let's face it, are not experts in this regard. Politicians, ministers, deputy ministers are not experts. And therefore, I think Canadians may be a little confused in terms of what's happening out there. So again, I think that when the number one agency that is tasked with maintaining our the integrity of our cyber systems comes out with it. And I understand this is the second report they've issued in the last little while. I think this is a really good move, and I hope that it gets kind of the the attention and the coverage that it, that it deserves. Because 
as I said, you know, you go on Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever, you get a bazillion, I mean, a threat of threats every day. I mean, I, I still read this stuff and it, it pains me to see how many, you know, authoritative assessments there are on X, Y, or Z. So that it's coming from the, the mouth of COC, this is indeed a good thing. Is this resonating with the Canadian government? And, and, and well, I think it is resonating with Canadians to a certain degree because we're certainly seeing attitudes change uh, in regard to uh, China in, in various polling and such. And, and clearly Canadians aren't happy. Uh, the government doesn't seem to be as critical. Is that changing? I sincerely hope so. So let, let me let me tell you and your listeners something, Scott. One of my concerns, and I, I worked 32 years in intelligence in Canada, one of the things that I used to worry about was that Canada, the Canadian government rather, didn't really have the same kind of deep intelligence culture that the Americans and then the Brits and other allies like the Australians do. We often found that what we were telling the government in terms of advice, you know, the information that we were collecting and analyzing was either just either dismissed or not paid attention to. My understanding is that that's getting better. And, and don't get me wrong, there certainly were officials in my day who couldn't wait to get intelligence briefings from CSIS and CSC, et cetera. But my overall impression was that there was, wasn't a greater appreciation for what the intelligence agencies can do. As I said, from what I'm hearing from my ex-colleagues, it might be getting slightly better, but we still see on the China file, you raised China, which is a really good example, you know, successive governments, the Trudeau government, the Harper government, seemed to ignore the fact that we were warning about Chinese activities because there was money to be made. Yeah. Right? I mean, China's not our friend, and they've never been our friend. So let's stop pretending that they're our friend. And, you know, I think that, you know, when you see dollar signs in your eyes, I think people are, are saying, well, you know, pat you on your head and say, well, thank you for the information. Now, now get lost so I can get on with the, the government of or the business of government. I hope messages like this are resonating and because and they should, because, you know, CSC doesn't do this willy nilly. Um, this is an organization when I joined way back in 1983 didn't exist officially in Canada. I was surprised when I got my, my initial briefing as to what, I'm, what are we doing for a living. The fact that they are taking the effort to, to tell Canadians in an authoritative manner what they're seeing, what they're concerned about, uh, should, I think, make some, some eyes open and some people pay attention. At least I hope so. I, so I want to be cautiously optimistic here, Scott, in terms of the message that's being given and whether that's being received. Let's hope the government gets from, from here on in. What about when it comes to Huawei and 5G? Uh, the government's still not making a decision there, despite what the other five eyes have said. Uh, there's pressure to get this done in 30 days. Is this a threat in your mind? Oh, absolutely. And again, you know, I'm not a specialist on, you know, on Huawei and cyber, but you know, all the five eyes partners, with the, with the curious exception of GCHQ in the United Kingdom, have said there's no way in hell we're allowing Huawei near our 5G networks. And it's not just because you know, we want, you know, Western companies or Canadian companies to benefit from the from this particular development. But Huawei is a Chinese firm and, and all firms in Chinese report to the Chinese government. There's, there's no real private sector, per se, in China, like there is in the Western world. So anyone who thinks that Huawei, if they get a, a toehold into our telecommunications system, will not be forced or coerced by the government of Xi Jinping to use the Chinese advantage, uh, you know, is, is, is dreaming in technicolor. Let's let's wake up and let's throw cold water in our faces here and say, look, this is what China is doing. Do we really want them to be at the core of our, you know, our 5G network? And, and the other five eyes partners have said categorically, no. Why Canada's dragging its feet? Um, I really have no idea. I will I will just say, Scott, that you know, in my time at CSIS, and I didn't work China, I worked terrorism, as I said, the message was pretty consistent about what we thought what China was doing. So we told governments what we saw. 
And as I said, I think in many cases it was just saying, well, okay, thanks very much. Now, you know, we'll go on with what we're doing. Again, let's just hope that times have changed and that these messages are going to resonate with the Canadian government. I've talked to a tech guy this week and he thought that there, and he said that there was no way that we could progress with 5G without China involved in some way. Your thoughts? I, I think that's complete garbage. Again, I mean, you know, I don't understand the technical aspects of 5G, but my understanding is that there's other firms like, you know, the Finnish Nokia. Uh, there are other companies out there that are Western companies that can maybe they don't they don't they're not quite at the same stage as Huawei right now, but I'm pretty sure that they could they could ramp up pretty quickly. And let's face it, Scott, you know we had here with Northern Telecom, which by the way the Chinese stole their technology way back in the 1990s. Yeah, you know we we have the capability in this country. Now again, are we at the point now where we can roll it out tomorrow? Probably not, but it wouldn't take us very long to do so. And so I think we have to make this decision. Do we want to opt for the easy the easy way out, which is taking Huawei? It's there. It's pro- they're probably going to undercut the price as well because they don't have to make money, right? They're a Chinese state firm. Or do we want to do the right thing and wait for Western companies, which we can trust to a much greater extent, to do it well, and that we won't have these um, suspicions that they're using the technology to spy and to steal our technology? Phil Gursky has been with us, President and CEO of Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting, talking about Canada's cybersecurity agency naming China, Russia, Iran, and North Korea as the greatest strategic threats. Phil, as always, thank you so much for the time. Be well. Yeah, you too, Scott. Take care.